Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jason Snow, and this is The Jason Snow Show, number 21. Yes, we're back with another episode for Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. How are you doing today? Feeling pretty good. Summer's just getting started. It's certainly feeling like it. Uh, I don't even... It's probably going to be 70 degrees, and in a couple months, we're probably going to think that feels cold. But nonetheless, it feels really good outside, and I'm feeling good in here. Good to be back. Good to be with you here once again. Uh, number 21. Man, can you believe it? We're about two months, a little over two months into the show, and I could not be happier. This is this is a complete success, and, uh, and we're working hard over here. Working pretty hard. Well, hardly working if you squint a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, we're we're working hard over here. But today, the NBA, the regular season of the NBA, concluded over this past weekend. So today's Tuesday. The NBA play-in gets underway today. So the Celtics and Wizards play tonight. The Hornets and Pacers also play tonight. And then on the western side, Golden State plays the Lakers and the Grizzlies play the Spurs. And that's to get into the playoffs. But today we're going to be unveiling the NBA awards and my version of the NBA awards. So, you know, get your suit, get your dress shirt, get your tie, get it all ready to go. Maybe, maybe get some, uh, some cologne on you, a heavy dose of it. And let's get ourselves spiffy because through the pandemic, we haven't been, you know, there hasn't been a need to dress up. And to be honest, I kind of miss it. So I'm not dressed up here today, but all let's all in, in thought, in theory, this is a high-level, high-profile award show, so let's go. Let's go get ready for it. So, um, in, in in years past, my favorite part of the NBA playoffs would be in the first round, the MVP. They'd announce it earlier on in the playoffs, and they would announce the MVP, and they'd have a ceremony before what was it, the first home game of the playoffs, and be in front of the home crowd and get the trophy and race it up, and it'd be this special event. Uh, I know Steph Curry did that. Uh, Derek Rose did that when he won the MVP. Like those are the two most iconic ones I can think of, of years past. But now what they do is they do an award show similar to this, uh, but it's on TV. They make it like a, it's like the SBs. They get all the players there. And so they announce it after the season. And I, I don't really like that, to be honest with you. I, I like, you know, if it's a regular season award, do it right before the playoffs. So we, we're, we don't even consider what the playoffs ensue because, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Kawhi Leonard was in the MVP running. He didn't win it, but he won the title. It was it was just all a like kind of mess. And I thought, you know, regular season awards do it right after the regular season. You don't even consider the playoffs. Um, so that's what we're gonna do. The playoffs haven't started yet. The play-ins are tonight. Thus, everything's in the books for what we need to consider for these awards. So let's announce them right now. Here we go. The NBA awards. I added a few of my own. So we're going to do what the league announces, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player, Coach of the Year, all that kind of stuff. But then I added some of the, some more creative ones, so we're going to get into that. So here we go. The NBA Awards, here we go. Let's save the MVP for the end. Um, let's start out with the Rookie of the Year. So there's a couple nominees. Uh, LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Tyrese Halliburton of the Sacramento Kings. 
I'm going to go LaMelo Ball here. I think LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year. Now, I know Anthony Edwards didn't miss as many games. Uh, he scored more points. But overall, I think you're going to see a trend throughout these awards. I kind of value team impact just overall. Do you impact winning? And to be honest, going into this year, I didn't think much of Charlotte. Turn around now. They they're in the play-in tournament now. They're they're winning more than they have throughout the last five years, arguably. And now you look at Minnesota on the other side of the coin, and it's like they're still kind of in a rut. They're the second worst team in the West. They haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years, but even before that, like they've made the playoffs what once in fifteen years. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, so so Lamelo has really turned that franchise around, and I think that means more to me in the Rookie of the Year race. Halliburton, on the other hand, similar to uh, Edwards, Sacramento hasn't made it in the playoffs yet. And he, he, additionally, Halliburton has missed a lot more games too. So he's kind of a, the third man up in my book. But Lamelo Ball is the Rookie of the Year. All right, I'm gonna actually going to try to tune in some award music if I can find some. So uh, editor Jason, take note. All right. Sixth man of the year. Okay, so what? who is the best bench player in the NBA this year? This one's rather obvious. I'm not going to go through, you know, too in-depth on this one. Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz, 18 points, four rebounds, two and a half assists. I guess if you were to, you know, list down some nominees, Derek Rose would be one. Joe Ingles also of the Jazz would also be one. But Jordan Clarkson is like a starter. He's the... I remember Villanova basketball a few years ago in college basketball. They had such a good, well-rounded team that their sixth man was like, they called him their sixth starter. I think it was Dante DiVincenzo. That's kind of what Jordan Clarkson is for the Jazz. Put him in, instant offense, shoots almost every time, but that's <laughs> they need that out of him. Uh, and they're the first seed in the West. One of the biggest surprises of this season as a team, the Utah Jazz were. So I'm going to give it to Jordan Clarkson. All right, Defensive Player of the Year. Where do you go for this one? You could go Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. You could go Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers, also a big surprise in the East. But I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. Uh, 2.7 blocks, uh, half a steal. Top five in defensive rating Utah is this season. He's the big, he's the biggest reason why. He's their defensive anchor. Allows the third least points the Jazz do in the NBA. That's one of the key parts of their success. And Gobert, this is his third defensive player of the year. So I think a lot of voters get into voter fatigue. We're kind of sick of Gobert winning it. But if you just look at it, you remove the fatigue out of it. Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in the NBA, and he shows it on a nightly basis. Uh, number two in defensive rebounds, number one in blocks. He's just all over the place, and he's the defensive anchor that Utah has really, I mean, they paid for him. They gave him a super max, which I don't think, you know, it's kind of weird because he's the best defensive center, but at the same time, the way the league is going, I don't know if I'd pay a super max for a guy like that who's not the best free throw shooter, can't really shoot outside of a dunk. So that style of player, I don't know if I'd make that type of investment into. But throughout this season, he's been the best defensive player. And I I would like to give Ben Simmons a nod here because I gave him you know significant consideration. Uh, the way the league is headed, Ben Simmons, a 6'10 point guard, handles the ball. But this is, we're talking defensive prowess. Gobert's the best, but Simmons can switch. He can play five positions and defend all five and get in the passing lanes and really, really wreak havoc for the Philadelphia 76ers. But overall, I'm going to give it to Rudy Gobert once again. All right. A couple awards in already. Most improved player. This one I think is rather obvious too, but I'm going to name 
uh, some considerations also. So uh, I think Nikola Jokic could be one, ascended into the MVP ranks. Michael Porter Jr., his teammate of the Denver Nuggets, went from 9 points and 4 rebounds to 19 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown, also of the Celtics, 20 points a night, 6 rebounds, 2 assists last year, to 25, 6, 3.5, and 40% from 3. That was the biggest thing for him, was being more proficient, more efficient on the outside, and being more of a creator, and he really, really got better throughout the season. But I do have to give it to Julius Randle, uh, who last year went 19 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, only 27% from 3 on a lost Knicks team. But now this season, <laughs> talk about impact with LaMelo Ball. Boy, oh boy, has Julius Randle had so much impact for that Knicks team. And I'm going to talk about the Knicks later too. Uh, Randle has ascended to 25 points a night, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He doubled his assist numbers. And now I talked about 27% from 3 last year. He's all the way up to 41% from 3. And that's unlocking another uh, asset of his game, another facet of his game that he hasn't unlocked quite before. But now he's a ball handler. He's kind of a point forward. You can rely on him to make some plays. I don't know if he can be the best player on a team ready to make a deep playoff run. But if I'm talking about impact and I'm talking about teams that have you know flip-flopped and <laughs> completely changed their trajectory, you can't... It's the Knicks. It, like, seriously, it's the Knicks. I remember um, when they signed him, what was it, a three-year deal for $60 million? I was like, wow, that's a lot for Julius Randle. Now, it's kind of a bargain for a guy who has, who has that type of impact. Boy, has Julius Randle really paid off for New York. All right, let's go to Coach of the Year. So earlier this morning, the reports came out, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN came out and said that um, Phoenix's Monty Williams won the Coach of the Year award. I think the coaches voted on that. I don't know if that's the official Coach of the Year award or if that's just the coaches' association. That's what they would do. Um, so Monty Williams is certainly on my list. You look at Phoenix, the turnaround they've had. Uh, missed the playoffs last year, even though they had an 8-0 bubble run. And then <laughs> they come out this year. They did add Chris Paul. They added Jay Crowder. They got a couple of more additions. But the turnaround Monty Williams has given that team, man. And James Jones, I do have to give some credit to the GM. He's really turned things around too with that roster. But Monty Williams, they're now second in the West now with a 51-21 and 21 record. <sighs> Monty Williams, tip of the cap. And also Utah's Quinn Snyder. So you look at that Utah team. Last year, they were a sixth seed and you know went out first round in the playoffs. A year later, now they're the number one seed in the West, they have the best record in the NBA. They have one of the best defenses in the NBA. And though Donovan Mitchell has missed a little bit of time, they, they've had three All-Stars. Quinn Snyder really stitched everything together for this year for Utah. I don't know if they're a contender or a pretender. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's tough for me. But regular season-wise, this is a regular season award. Everything considered has already happened. Utah has really turned it around, and Quinn Snyder is a big reason why. But... Neither of those two are the are my award winner. Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau of the New York Knicks. How can I look past... <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to look at what you inherited. He inherited a mess. Front office mess, roster mess, and now they're a team that... They, they don't necessarily have a star. They don't have a superstar. They're just a bunch of guys that play hard. They play hard every night. They're the opposite of the league. The league is going towards, you know, 
three-point shooting. We're going towards space and pace. We're going towards uh, load management. This team does none of that. This team does absolutely none of that. This team's going to play defense. They're the best defense in the NBA. They, they're they not a great three-point shooting team. So, you know, if you get up on them early, I don't know if they have the firepower enough to come back from that. But this regular season, they've completely turned it around. Tom Thibodeau, you know what? I'm going to tell you a story from Final Call because this is... It, I don't know if it's embarrassing because, I, to be honest, I, I had a lot of ammo behind this take. It wasn't like I was just like foolishly doubting someone. I, I had reason for this, so I don't like look back at it and I'm not I'm not embarrassed by it. But last year when Tom Thibodeau was hired by the Knicks, I was like, eh, this will last like 12 months and then they'll get sick of him because he plays like six guys a game, runs them into the ground, someone will get hurt and, you know, it'll end up like the Knicks always do. Lottery team, not very good. They're just lost. But I doubt, I, I, I don't know if we did grades last year on final call, if you watch that, if you listen to that show, I was on it and I gave, I don't know if I gave a grade or not, but I think I gave it like a D plus. I just wasn't high on it at all. Now, (laughs) a year later, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. The Knicks are the story of the, of the league. They're the story of New York. You know, if they face Brooklyn in a series, Oh my gosh, I'm glued to my seat on that one. But Tom Thibodeau has turned stuff, turned it around there. The front office has turned it around. Tom Thibodeau, the best hire of the offseason. He's my coach of the year if I had to, if I had to vote. All right, so let's go to some of my awards, the awards that I created, and then we're gonna get to MVP at the very end. So stick I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger here. I went through all the regular awards, you know. MVP at the very end. All right, so let's go. Some of the more creative ones I came up with. Uh, the worst underachiever award. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to want some of these awards. You want to stay like 50 feet away from these awards. But they have to go to someone. They, they have to go to someone. So here we go. Let's name the nominees. Here we go. The worst underachiever in the NBA 2021 season. The nominees. The Toronto Raptors, who... Went to the playoffs last year. Gave the Celtics a tough fight in seven games in the second round. They were a perennial playoff power. They still maintained a majority of the roster heading into this year. They did lose uh, Marcus Saul. They did lose out on Serge Ibaka. But they did. They kept Lowry. They kept Powell heading into the season. They kept Ananobi. So they they had a lot. They had a big portion of their teams stay intact this season. But given they were playing in Tampa. They weren't allowed to go to their home in, in Toronto. So this was like a 72-game bubble for this Raptors team, and it made it really tough on them. So they went from a pl- uh, playoff power to 12th in the East with a 27-45 record. And I remember earlier on in the season, uh, Coach Nick Nurse coming into the media and was like, yeah, we have 72 road games this year. We're, 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 even our quote-unquote home court, is in Tampa. We like we we don't have a home court like other teams do. So, the Toronto Raptors, one of the nominees. The other nominee, the LA Lakers. LeBron missed a chunk of time. The uh, Anthony Davis missed a chunk of time. Dennis Schroeder was in and out of the lineup. Drummond came in, and it was kind of a weird fit, and kind of still is. But now that they're fully healthy, maybe they're going to make a playoff run. But in this regular season, I expected them to be you know at least a three seed. Now they're in a play-in tournament. Now it's going to be a lot harder for the Lakers to to make it to the finals again. And, you know, I, I th- thought they got better in the offseason 
and they were one of the best teams last year. So for them to slip to seven was a little unexpected. Granted, injuries was the main cause, but you know you could make the case they underachieved. But neither of those two are the winner of this honor, per se. The winner of the worst underachiever award is the Boston Celtics. Sorry, Boston fans. I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. This team was was disappointing from pretty much the first game of this. Like, this team was so up and down. And I know they had COVID issues. And I know Tatum, Brown, Kemba, and Smart, they didn't play, you know, a portion of the season together. It was just all wishy-washy. But it'd be one thing if you could look at this season from 3,000 feet and go, we played hard. We gave it our all. We gave you an honest night's work every night. Uh, we were consistent. We you know, shot the ball efficiently. We had all the tools to make it, you know, far in the playoffs, but COVID and injuries sunk us to the seventh seed. I'm sorry that 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 didn't happen for this team. Uh, defensively, they were mentally checked in and out. The bench was thin to a to a fault. Uh, Jason Tatum saved this team at times, although there is, you know, maybe leadership wise, there are some question marks still. Even though he keeps this team afloat. Uh, Jalen Brown's out for the season. Marcus Smart in and out of the lineup. Kemba's been inconsistent all year long. You know, Coach Stevens, Indiana rumors. I don't know. This team, I don't even know what to make of this team. Because last year, you know, flashback to last year's playoffs, you thought, okay, you could circle a couple of those moments that didn't go the Celtics' way that was that they were right there uh, going to the finals. Like, they, I thought they were going to be a three-seed at worst championship contender. They'd face Brooklyn. Um... They'd give them the intensity. They'd play hard. That just didn't happen this year. And every time they played the Nets, no matter who the Nets had in the lineup, whether it be Durant, Irving, Harden, the Celtics, they, they couldn't compete. They, they couldn't compete with the Nets. And they got blown out almost every time. It was just an ugly season. I think when you look at the you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and their careers and where they're headed, this might be a season where you go, statistics were good. They both popped into all-stars, which... Celtics fans hoped and that did come to fruition but when you look at this season it's a lost season it's a lost season because now they're in a play-in tournament against Washington <laughs> honestly all the opponents that the Celtics could have faced in the in the play-in tournament Washington was probably the last one you wanted to face and you know now they face him so I, I don't know if it's going to work out in the Celtics favor but 3,000 feet trying to not be emotional about this the Celtics were probably the worst underachieve. They gave away a lot of winnable games. They, they gave a lot of games away. So they are the worst underachievers in this year's season. All right. So let's move to surprise of the season. So this could be a highlight. This could be a player. This could be a team. This could be a moment. Surprise of the season. The candidates are Pelicans missing the playoffs. I thought, you know, they might be poised for a playoff appearance. Zion's first of his career. Uh, they bring in Stan Van Gundy. They made a lot of you know off-season moves. They bring in Eric Bledsoe, a veteran. They bring in Steven Adams as a veteran. They, I thought they were ready to finally you know break that you know ceiling into the playoffs, especially with Zion and Brandon Ingram at the helm. It just didn't happen. Now they're 11th in the West. They're still a promising team, but it's going to take a lot to to crack teams like Memphis and Dallas and Portland. And the Lakers aren't going anywhere. And Golden State. Uh, is still is going to get better next year with Clay Thompson coming back. So it's a still it's still a promising team. This year they weren't ready though, and and a lot of people thought they were. So that's a surprise. Another surprise here is a move, James Harden to the Nets. 
did we all expect heading into this season, you know, after last year's playoffs, they still had Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Now you look around and you have Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. It's not, I'll tell you right now, it's not very pretty, but I think that's, that was the biggest surprise. If you want to lump last year's offseason into it, all that James Harden has gone through, I mean, he didn't show up into the Rockets camp in shape. Uh, he demanded a trade very early on in the season, barely tried with the Rockets this year. And I don't know if it was like a surprise to the Nets. That was the surprise. Just everything that went down, when you look at this season, that was probably the biggest move, and not a lot of people saw it coming heading into this year. But, <laughs> gotta preface it with a but, the New York Knicks. I'm, <laughs> I said this before, coach of the year, most improved player, Julius Randle, Tom Thibodeau, coach of the year. Surprise of the season. Surprise of the season. I thought they were going to be one of the worst in the NBA. Because I thought they weren't very good last year. They bring in a coach that's going to get him to work hard. But at the end of the day, how good of a coach is he? He's coached a lot of losing teams. He's a, he's a yeller and a screamer. Hey, it worked. They're the fourth seed in the East. They finished with a better record than Toronto, who I said was a playoff team every year. The Celtics, who I didn't think. <sighs> the Pacers. Just... All these Miami who made it to the finals last year, the Knicks have a better right than the Lakers. Like, what are we talking about here? The New York Knicks. I mean, they were the surprise of the season. You can't look past it. The New York Knicks are finally on the map. And uh, Stephen A. Smith must is jumping out of his seat. Uh, the New York Knicks are on their way to becoming arguably if this isn't just a fluke if this can if they can maintain this for quite some time maybe this leaks into their for their free agent destination which honestly the impulse behind that that statement and sentiment may you know pull free agents away from them and go okay this this team this fan base can't handle success i'm not gonna but this is kind of like brooklyn pre Kyrie and kevin durant just a team Without a star, they had that Nets team had what? D'Angelo Russell, Kenny Atkinson wasn't a proven head coach. Uh, they just had a bunch of guys that were willing to work hard, play hard, and and fight for every loose ball and fight for every possession. And that's what a lot. That's what the Knicks do right now. So maybe they turn themselves into a lucrative destination. The front office has made a turnaround. So the New York Knicks, the surprise of the season. All right, a couple ones left. So. Uh, one more regular season award. I'm going to get to MVP later. Actually, I'll get to MVP after this one, okay? So stay, hold on for this one. All right. Best midseason acquisition. The nominees, Karis LeVert to, Indian, to Indiana. He was in that um, that Victor Oladipo trade uh, from Indiana to Houston, and then Miami got in the mix. Uh, Blake Griffin to Brooklyn. Uh, Blake Griffin was playing unmotivated basketball in Detroit. He goes to Brooklyn, career turnaround. Or Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks. I'm going to go with Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks. I've given a lot of Knicks love today. A lot of Knicks love. Because honestly, they surprised me. And I've talked so bad about them throughout the last year or so that I, I kind of have to give it up to them. So Derrick Rose... They gave up almost nothing to get him. They gave Der uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who hasn't really panned out in the league, and like a second-round pick for a guy who gives them almost 20 points a night. 
he averages 15 on the season, but there have been games where he's their best player. I think uh, the Clippers game that they played a couple weekends ago, there, there have been moments that Derrick Rose is the best player on the New York Knicks. And they're a playoff team. And they're a fourth seed. And they almost gave up nothing. They, they barely gave up anything to get him. So uh, he's my award for best midseason trade. Uh, Derrick Rose, by the way, if I'm talking about Derrick Rose in kind of a career resurgence, I kind of have to, I have to give it up to him. Uh, I haven't had the chance to talk about this, so I think this is a good chance. He got injured 2011, the MVP year. Uh, no, it might have been the year after that. Uh, 2012 playoffs, Philadelphia at home, remember it dearly. Um, and he missed like, I want to say like 250 games. Like he missed so much time that his career was in flux. Like 2016, we were like, okay, Chicago's kind of giving up on him. We don't know what to make of Derrick Rose. Like, what are we going to get in Derrick Rose? He can't shoot. He's an athletic guard. A lot of those guys um, foil out of the league real quick once their athleticism dips. Six years later, five years later, he's putting up 20 points a night on a playoff team. Excuse me? Tip of the cap to Derrick Rose. He's earned all of it. And I'm happy for him because when he got... I remember he uh, was on the Cavs in 2018, then got traded to the Jazz, and they didn't want any part of him. They released him just outright. And then he was sitting in free agency, and we that was the point where, like, okay, is Derrick Rose going to stick around in the league? Then he goes to Minnesota, who... He had a 50-point game with. That was well-documented. Then he go, he's a free agent again after that. Then goes to Detroit, of all places. He just wanted to play. He just wanted an opportunity. And now he's making the most of it on a playoff team. And a team that I think, honestly, could beat the Hawks in the first round. And make it to the second round. A team that I thought was going to be, you know, near that top five pick that they've always been, you know, going after. So, I think the New York Knicks are the surprise of the season. I'm giving him a lot of love today. So Derrick Rose is the surprise of the season. Uh, no, excuse me. Derrick Rose is the best offseason. Excuse me. Derrick Rose is the best midseason acquisition. All right. So the MVP. I've te- I have teased this for 24 minutes, so I'm glad you stuck around. The MVP of the league. There's a lot of candidates. And this is great for the league because, you know, the league the regular season really lives on MVP talk. Is it Damian Lillard earlier on? Is it Embiid? Is it LeBron? Is it Jokic? Is it Chris Paul? Is it Giannis for the for the third straight year? Is it James Harden? Is it Steph Curry? Is it, you know, Kevin Durant is arguably, arguably the best player. Donovan Mitchell earlier on in the season, they were the number one seed. They popped out of nowhere. So there was like 12 names throughout the course of this season that were mentioned in MVP talks. And I'm going to narrow it down to four. Embiid and LeBron headlined the first like half of the season. And then they both got hurt. So now there's down to four. I'm going to give you the nominees. And I'm going to list out the stats. So I'm going to kind of take my time here so it's easy to, to listen to. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who averaged 28 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 53% shooting, 30% from three, has his team third in the East uh, with a record of 46 and 26. And when you talk about value, you can, you know, you can go at it a bunch of different ways, but he missed 11 games 
and I, I I take that into account too. How many games have you missed? We talked about regular season. So if you missed a lot of games, that kind of takes you out of the, the discussion. So he missed 11 games. And when you talk about value, the Bucks went six and five without him. That's big. So he's a nominee. Steph Curry, who led, who led the league in scoring for the second uh, year in his career. Uh, I think he was the only one, aside from Jordan, past 33 years old to, lead, to have led the league in scoring. Uh, five rebounds, five assists, 48% from the field, 42 from three. Has his team eighth in the West, although there were moments where you could argue they're the worst team in the league. Uh, they lost by 57 to Toronto without him. I remember that. that. They had some ugly moments without him. But with him, they're a playoff team. They're a play-in team. 39-33. and 33. He missed nine games. And to show his value, they went 2-7. and seven without him in the lineup. So that, you know, that's kind of that's a big feather in Steph Curry's hat. But he's another nominee. Excuse me, here's my mic falls down. Uh Chris Paul, another nominee. 16 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 50% shooting from the field, 40% from 3. Second in the West are the Suns with a record of 51 and 21. Just only missed 2 games, yet the Suns were 2 and 0 in his absence. Uh, turn that team around from it, like I said before, team that was out of the playoffs, went 8-0 in the bubble and still couldn't make the playoffs. Chris Paul comes to the team, second best record in the West. And the fourth nominee is Nikola Jokic. 26 points, 11 rebounds, 8.3 assists, 56% from the field, 38 from three, big leg up last year. Uh, the, the Nuggets have a winning record when Jamal Murray's not in the lineup. The Nuggets are third in the West, 47 of, in 25. And he didn't miss any game. He didn't miss any games. Jokic missed zero games, started all 72. So those are the four nominees, Giannis, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and Nikola Jokic. Who's my MVP? Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. I have to give it to him. I have to give it to him. And I know a lot of people are pounding the table for Steph Curry. But to me, I I know what that team is without him. And they're Terrible. Last year, they were one of the worst teams in the NBA. I think they were the they were the worst team in the NBA last year. And he he only played five games last year, so that shows his value. But in the end, an eight seed, missed nine games. I I I can't give the MVP to an eight seed. It's one thing to be a fringe top ten team in the NBA. It's another to be a fringe top ten team in your own conference. Um, and I look at Jokic and I go. Okay, his stats are up in every in almost every category. 26 points per game, 11 rebounds, 8, eight assists from a center, 56% from the field. That's up a lot from last year. And talk about three-point shooting, 38% from three. I do think he has to mold into kind of an elite closer. I think he needs to be their primary shot taker in big moments, especially when Murray's out of the lineup. But they... They didn't miss a beat without their second best player, and I know what you're saying, Steph Curry supporters. And I'm one of the I'm one of the Steph Curry supporters. I I'd have him second in MVP voting. And I know you know Golden State's missing their second best player and missed them all year and have a winning record. I understand that, but Nikola Jokic, what he's done all season, they have the third best record in the West. They're a real contender, and Jokic is the biggest reason why Steph Curry missed more games. Eight seed, 
I can't give it to that. I I know he led the league in scoring. That's really impressive at 33. I love Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time, top 15 player of all time. But this season, I have to hand it to Jokic. All right, so some of the playoff awards. And I know the playoffs haven't happened, but here we go. The most team playoff pressure award. What team faces the most pressure given all the regular season? What team faces the most pressure heading into the into the playoffs? A couple of nominees. The Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the LA Clippers. Okay, the Lakers may face some, some pressure. Golden State might. But these are the three. If I have to narrow it down to three, these are them. Brooklyn made a big, big trade. Star-studded team. They've been distracted all season long. That big three has only played like seven games together. The chemistry's a little off, but they're so talented that they ha- it's title or bust for them. Whereas the Bucks, regular season story the last couple of years, ugly exit last year in the playoffs. Giannis, I still think, has a ceiling to his game, and that's, you know, teams are leaving him at the three-point line. That needs to change. He can't be easily marginalized again in the playoffs like he was last year. That's my biggest caveat, and honestly, that's why I don't see the Bucks as true contenders to the title. And then the Clippers, because last weekend... They tanked two games against the worst team in the league to avoid the Lakers in the bracket, a lot of people are saying. So if they, you know, if they don't make it to the, the, the if they don't make it to the finals, this Kawhi Leonard and Paul George thing, I, who who's to blame? Who's to blame? A lot of people are holding their feet to the fire if they don't win the championship this year. And the, these are the three biggest culprits in terms of teams. So those are the three nominees, and I would say the Clippers have the most pressure to win the title because if you're avoiding the Lakers you you have to win you don't want to see that team like LeBron's team and and a lot of these teams are like we'll face anyone we're the best team you know I I bet Utah isn't avoiding anyone the Clippers self-esteem you got to make it happen you got to make it happen you have to make it happen so the Clippers, I think, face the most playoff pressure. So let's let's, you know, go down a little bit. The most player playoff pressure. What player faces the most the most pressure heading into the playoffs? And I didn't even notice this. The three guys I had wrote written down are a part of the three teams from from above: Giannis, Kawhi, and James Harden. You could make a solid argument for all three, but I think if you're you're naming down a singular player, I think it has to be Giannis. Uh, Giannis faces the most pressure, not because his job's not secure, not because his free agency depends on him. He just signed a five-year deal, not because the team is going to bail on him, but he needs to make this happen. Just I'm, I'm. We've been patient with Giannis. He's faced the Celtics a couple of times in the in the playoffs. He came up short against Toronto. He needs to become a closer. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. But this team has invested so much money in this roster and so much money around Giannis. He needs to make it happen. He he needs to become the ice-cold closer. And I'm not trying to make him into something he isn't. But if I look at all these renowned teams, teams that have won titles, they've all had a defined closer. A guy with 15 seconds left, shot clock is off, tie game, or maybe even you're down one. They all have a guy to go to who can you can just roll the ball out get me a bucket game over Giannis I haven't seen him with the ability to do that I haven't 
teams leave him and beg him to shoot from three so that when he goes 0 for 6 in a playoff game and he goes back to the basket, they are triple teaming him like Miami did and Toronto did. They build walls around him, and he needs to break out of that. That's why I said to Milwaukee uh, on a previous radio show, get Chris Paul. Get Chris Paul. He can be that closer for you. They did get Drew Holiday, which I think is a is a plus. But if I'm looking at Giannis and you know his career arc, I know he's only 26, and I know he has two MVPs, but you have to step up in the biggest moments. You have to be able to create a shot eight years in the league. I know you shoot 30% from three. That's not good enough. You, you, you have to become, just, just be someone that is feared beyond the three-point line. Make the defense honor you from back there. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He needs to break that mold. He needs to become a closer. And with that being said, the NBA awards for the regular season in 2020-2021 season, they are in the books. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed. And as I leave you today, I'm going to drop a little uh, bomb of knowledge on you. Bash Hudson, basketball guru, going to be joining the show again on Friday. To We're going to be filling out our NBA uh, playoff brackets so the plans will be in the book. Like those will be finished. Uh, the, the brackets are going to be out. So we're going to be filling them out. He's going to give you some expert analysis on what to expect, who he decides, you know, who he picks to win. I'm going to give you much of the same. Uh, but yeah, guy that we lean on for more NBA knowledge and wisdom and expertise. He's going to be coming back on Friday because you got you got you guys enjoy it. You guys heavily enjoy him. So he's coming back. So yes, until then. Bash and I will see you again on Friday. Uh, Peace out, everybody.